Lecture topic. Sincere Tawbah brings divine help. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Innamal mu'minuna ikhwatun fa'aslihu bayna akhawaykum wattakullaha la'allakum turhamun Sadaqallahu al-azim Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters The ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited is very well known It is often recited and explained in bayans, etc. When Allah says, Innamal mu'minuna ikhwa All the believers are one brotherhood. We understand in the context of a family that when somebody has some siblings, so there's a family of five, six, three, four, whatever it might be. So any normal family will have a very close bond and a person shares in the happiness and the sadness of all those who are in the family. If somebody is getting married, for example, then the excitement is even in the brothers, sisters that their brother or sister is now getting married so now everybody shares in that happiness everybody becomes part of it everybody assists in whichever way they can to make this a very uh, easy transition in the person's life and whatever else has to be done to support the person in their new step in life so everybody is part of it and Allah forbid, if any one of the siblings has some difficulty, some issue, some hardship, then this is immediately a matter that is shared by everybody. Everyone becomes very concerned. They become, they feel the pain. They feel grieved over their brother or sister's loss or difficulty, or sickness, or whatever it might be. This is very easily understood by everyone. Anyone in a normal family structure will understand this. This is just natural. It is so normal and natural. This is how we are. This is our human nature. We are inborn in this manner. So in any case, this is something we very easily understand in that limited sense and on that limited level of the immediate family. Those who are part of our blood and under living under the same roof generally, or even now they've moved on, somebody is now doing something, somebody is living somewhere, somebody is married and gone to live elsewhere, but that bond still remains and that contact remains, they share in one another's happiness, and in one another's pain as well. Now that same understanding that we have about a small little close-knit family, 
Allah Ta'ala is saying, Innamal mu'minuna ikhwa. That not just one small family alone, but the entire ummah is one brotherhood. So now the entire ummah is one brotherhood. So the same thing should be now applied, what was applied in the smaller context, that we should be happy for the happiness of the ummah at large. And we must feel the pain of the ummah as well. So any part of the ummah is in pain, that's our pain. Any brother of ours is suffering, that's our suffering. Any sister of ours is suffering, that's our suffering. We feel the pain for that immediate family, that sibling. So likewise, on the broader context, that the ummah is one. One brotherhood, it's like one family. So one person's happiness is our happiness. One person's pain is our pain. Now we are all aware of what is going on in the world, what is happening to our Muslim brothers and sisters in Gaza and other places of the world as well. This is a very, very intense situation in Gaza at the moment, but it is not confined, unfortunately and very tragically, this is a very severe situation, but it is not confined to this place. Some places are more open and clear that is happening. Other places, the persecution of Muslims, the hardships and difficulties that are being brought upon the Ummah are happening in a very subtle way. People don't realize what's going on, how many people are being made to suffer, what is going on in India, for example, how many people are being tortured, are being mercilessly killed, so many masajid are being destroyed, just on some pretext or the other, just some, some kind of just feeble excuse, they are causing so much of harm to so many people, likewise in many other countries as well. And in many places this is happening in a very broad scale but very discreetly. People don't realize sometimes that what is going on, why is this, but what's behind it. Now the point is that as an ummah we are one. Now that's one part of it, that the pain of the ummah, this is a dictate of our iman, that's part of being the brotherhood of mu'mineen, that we feel the pain of every Muslim. Yes, it's human nature, the intensity of the pain might not be the same all the time, and for everyone at the same level, but if there's no, nothing felt at all, then this is a very big question. If we could just shrug off, something that has happened to some part of the Ummah and just well that's their problem, it's not my problem and just shrug it off and carry on walking that's a very 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 big question against our name and against our level of Iman Alhamdulillah Allah has blessed us with Iman but one is a person that is healthy, fine then even if you just uh, Touch him, forget touch him, meaning in a way that causes hurt. Just a slight touch, he will immediately sense it. Somebody has touched me. And if the person pokes, then he will even feel that pain immediately. And somebody uses a knife to cut him, then he will shriek in pain. But if the person is now, that foot is now full of gangrene, but it's there, there's still some circulation, but it's now so filled with gangrene that that forget 
the touch and forget somebody poking one needle for example they are cutting his toe off too and he can't feel anything because it's now almost dead, it's not dead yet it's almost dead so hardly any sensation hardly any feeling one person once they amputated his toe without anesthetic because he could not handle the anesthetic he was too weak physically his heart etc was too weak they couldn't give him anesthetic because it was too dangerous to give him anesthetic but they had to amputate his toe at the same time because it was becoming very dangerous so they gave him uh, the, so they amputated the toe they took a chance and amputated it without anesthetic and he managed it so when the doctor was asked how did this work he says well there was no sensation left so it made no difference to him that his toe was being cut off he didn't realize it he didn't feel it one small little year and there something he felt so there was so little circulation and so little sensation that hardly felt anything if we feel nothing then there is a big question about what is the level of our Iman that we can continue just without any concern without feeling anything and just carry on like nothing happened that can never happen to a true mu'min now the issue is to think of this now on a more broader level what is the broader level? for example somebody did not take care to cover themselves properly enough on a cold day so now they are not warm enough and they are walking out in the cold so now after a while the person finished off with a lung infection and then that lung infection became bronchitis and then it became pneumonia which is a very very serious disease then and Allah forbid sometimes people from pneumonia it then just becomes fatal their life goes so now where the pneumonia came the pneumonia came in the chest that is where the disease is it's in the chest and the chest is what's primarily suffering the chest is now the lungs are collapsing so the whole problem came in the lungs the lung infection and that became bronchitis and that became pneumonia so the whole problem is concentrated on the lung and as a result the lung they, they say when this pneumonia sets in it like leaves big holes in the lungs so the whole problem is becoming apparent in the lungs but where did the problem stem from? it stemmed from the whole body being exposed to cold so now the whole body didn't take care now to just speak as a body as a like the whole body now didn't take care but then it manifested itself in the lungs and there's big big holes now in the lungs so now the body can't sit back and say this is the problem of the lungs I got nothing to do with this no every limb was exposed to the cold so all are jointly responsible for what the problem of the lung is so now when treating the lung it's the whole body's cooperation is going to be necessary the whole body is going to have to keep warm the whole body is going to have to undergo whatever the treatment is that will help to treat the lung now this is just one broad example just to get to a point 
we as an ummah are jointly responsible for whatever pain comes to any part of the ummah. So now that one part, the lung got infected, but it wasn't because the lung alone was exposed to the cold. The carelessness of exposing oneself to the cold was the whole body's problem. The whole body was careless. Now we're talking about it as a, as if the body has some independent choice. It's us, we ourselves did it. But as a body now, that the whole body was careless, that the body exposed itself to cold, didn't keep warm enough, but it affected finally the lung. So likewise, it's the sins of the Ummah at large. And when we talk about the Ummah at large, we must start off thinking about ourselves. We are part of this Ummah. So the sins of the Ummah at large have caused the pain to manifest itself severely in certain portions of the body of the Ummah. But that is not confined to the problem of that portion of the body and it is not the fault of that portion of the body alone. It is my fault involved there. Each one of us has to look within ourselves that how much have I become a means of the pain of the Ummah? How much am I contributing to the problems that the Ummah is facing? So now this is the reality. For example, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, إِذَا فَعَلَتْ أُمَّتِي خَمْسَ عَشَرَةَ خَسْلَةً حَلَّتْ بِهَا الْبَلَاءَ when my ummah, when my ummah will indulge in 15 things, then calamities will fall upon the ummah. Now then there's a list of 15 things in that hadith sharif. But the point that we want to drive from here is, that if half a dozen people got involved in these sins, then the bala won't come of the ummah at large. Now the whole ummah is 1 billion plus people, so if 100,000 also did something wrong, that too will not bring a widespread calamity on the Ummah or an um, a calamity that will tear the heart of the entire Ummah apart. There will be something that will just manifest itself here and there, but something that's an attack on the entire body of the Ummah, though it might be apparently affecting one portion only, apparently but it is affecting an, an attack on the entire Ummah. That comes when Hallad Bihal Bala comes when the, a very big portion of the Ummah is involved in these vices and crimes. Now on that note, we have to now reflect. We have to reflect that what have I done to now help the Ummah? One is, we have to acknowledge we are responsible also for the pain of the Ummah. We have also contributed to this. How? By the kind of actions we have been involved in. Our actions are also a means of drawing down the difficulties. So now, we can't sit back and say that this is not my problem. We are part of the problem. So if we are part of the problem, how are we going to help the Ummah? 
So generally when we talk about helping the ummah, our mind goes in certain specific aspects. And indeed that is also part and a very important part of helping the ummah. For example, often when help, the word help comes, then immediately the mind goes towards financial help. Indeed, in the Hadith Sharif, that too has been very greatly uh, highlighted and that the person who gives this kind of help, what kind of rewards he'll be getting, how much this will benefit him in Akhirat, what a, this is so beloved to Allah Ta'ala, this action, etc. All that is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif and very necessary. In one Hadith it is mentioned that on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala will ask a person, that marid tu falam ta'udni, I was unwell and you did not visit me. So the person will be astonished. Say, Ya Allah, how could I have visited you and where, would you, where do you get ill? You are the Rabbul Alameen, the master of the universe. So Allah Ta'ala will reply and say, in other words, that this is not literally meant. What is meant is, don't you know so and so servant of mine was ill? Had you visited him, you would have found me with him. Meaning my closeness you would have got. My special rewards you would have received. But you neglected it, you, you lost out on that. And then likewise there are several other instances mentioned in this manner. That I was hungry and you did not feed me. So the person will ask in astonishment, Ya Allah, you provide the entire creation with risk. Where do you get hungry? Allah Ta'ala is free of all these things. Allah Ta'ala has no such needs of, Allah is the provider. So this person will be astonished. So he'll ask, Ya Allah, how can this ever happen? You, this is impossible. You never get hungry. Allah Ta'ala will reply and say, that so and so servant of mine was hungry, he was starving, he had no food. Had you fed him, you would have found me with him. Meaning my special mercies you would have got. You would have got my special help. You would have got the special closeness to me. Likewise, there are other aspects mentioned. So any case, the point here is, that that is not a small thing. It's a very big thing. That somebody is hungry, we give them food to eat. Somebody is in need of medication, some treatment, we assist in that. Somebody is in need of just some support. Sometimes it's just some emotional support. Somebody is feeling very, very down, depressed, because of their circumstances. And someone comes along, just gives them some encouragement, boosts their morale, gives them some du'as, that too becomes such a support for many people. That support too is a very great thing. It's taken for granted, it's taken lightly, but it is a very great thing. So now the point is, that that too must not be neglected. That must not be shirked in, not taken lightly. So that is one support. Now generally when we talk about help, help somebody, help the ummah, so now that's where the mind goes, but that's while a very important part is not confined to that. And really, under the circumstances, it's not the most important help. It's very, very, very important. But it is not the most important. So now, we must not misunderstand this. It's not being said that it is not important. It is extremely important. But it is something which there is something else even more important. So now for example somebody is taking 
different medications, some medication for some whatever problem the person has, somebody has some problem with their kidney for example, and there's another problem with some other lump, something else, and they also got a heart problem. Now doctor says, look, this medication for the kidney is very important, don't ever miss it out. But this heart medication is even more important. Now somebody says, okay, well the doctor said the heart medication is more important, so forget about the kidney medication. That is foolishness. So likewise, this is extremely important. But there is something even more important. What is that even more important? We want to help the Ummah. We must make Toba. We must make sincere Toba. And by making sincere Toba, this will be a help beyond all the other help. That help mustn't be neglected. That help is very necessary. But this is an even more important help. It's a help to ourselves. It's a help to people around us. It's a help to our own homes. And it's a help to the Ummah at large. Because when all of us will start making sincere Tawbah, all of us will come back to Allah Ta'ala. We'll make Tawbah and give up the Haram. Give up the Haram chatting. Give up the Haram discussions with non-Mahrams. Give up all the Haram viewing. Give up the Haram talk. Give up the Haram listening, music and whatever else. Give up the Haram manner in which we conduct ourselves. And all the other sins and vices. And then make a lot of istighfar. So when we we'll make Tawbah, Allah Ta'ala loves the Ta'ibin. Sincere Tawbah, genuine Tawbah. Tawbah from the depth of the heart. Not just some lip service Tawbah. There is one incident mentioned, just to take the ibrah from this, one incident of one pious scholar, he mentions an incident that he witnessed firsthand. There was a person who he knew very well, to be also a very pious person. That's how he always knew him, in the community, as a pious person, always in the masjid, etc., always doing the right things. He heard that this person is very ill, and he is probably in his last so he quickly came to visit him. When he came to visit him, he got a shock of his life. This is mentioned in one of the kitabs. He got a shock. This person's face had turned very ugly. And he was talking with much difficulty. He was in a lot of pain too. But talking like in a very like difficult way. His lips had become very uh, sort of heavy. And his appearance had become ugly. and So he saw this and got shocked. So in any case now he's there, so he started making talqeen of the kalima. But now this person is totally quiet. So again he made talqeen of the kalima. And again this person said something else but didn't recite the kalima. So eventually he said, please recite the kalima. Whereas when making talqeen, what is advised is that the person who is now in the last stages of life, the person is not instructed to recite. Rather is encouraged to recite by the people around themselves reciting. <clears throat> so now that person who is now in the last, they will hear others reciting around them, this will encourage them to recite as well. But now this person, the scholar got so sort of overwhelmed with the situation, he told him, please recite the kalima. When he told him that, he turned around and he addressed him by his name 
Ya Aba Mansur, and he said to him, a barrier has been placed between me and that statement. In other what you are telling me, he couldn't even say what he's talking about. What you are telling me, you are telling me recite the kalima. There is a barrier between me and the recitation of the kalima, meaning I want to do this. It's just not coming. I'm not able to do it. So he asked him, but how come? You were a pious person. So he said, look, that now with whatever difficulty he had, Allah Ta'ala made this ibrad. He says, this is my problem. That I put up a very good front for everybody. I behaved outwardly like a pious person. But then when I would come in privacy, I would do my own things. And as soon as I was in my own space and out of the sight of people, I would start indulging in all kinds of haram. Since then after a while, somebody would encourage me, somebody would just in general say something, if I strike my heart. So once it happened, then I became a little bit remorseful. So I opened the Quran Sharif, I sat down, opened the Quran Sharif, and then I started reciting Quran Sharif, and then I turned to Allah Ta'ala, Allah with the barakat of this kalam, Allah you forgive me. And then I came on track, but then again, I started playing a double life. So I kept on the, and he says that each time when I got deep in sin, I got very sick. That was another very important point. I got deep in sin, then I got very sick, then I made this toba. When I made this toba, things came right. Now when things came right, I forgot Allah Ta'ala. And I started indulging again in that sins, but outwardly giving a very good impression to everybody. Conducting myself like a very pious person. But behind closed doors, I was getting involved in all kinds of haram. So again I got very sick. Again I did the same thing. Started reciting Quran Sharif and making dua to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you cure me from this illness. I'll never go back to all this haram. And then I came out of the illness. And then again I went back. So he says, now I got deeper in sin. And when I got deeper in sin, I got very sick again. And this time around again I decided, I finally took the Quran Sharif. I asked my family people, please give me the Quran Sharif. When they brought the Quran Sharif to me, I'm seeing it's blank in front of me. One word of the Quran Sharif is not coming to mind. Then I realized that I have now been deprived of this. And a barrier has been placed between me and the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. And now even the kalima, meaning now he's saying what you are telling me to say, I cannot bring that onto my tongue. So this person said I was in total shock. I didn't know what to say. I just merely made some dua for him. And he says I turned to leave. I had barely reached the door of the house. So he might have been in some room. He says I finished off from there, came out of that room, came to the door of the house. As I left the house, Somebody suddenly told me, the person has passed away. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us. Now, coming back to our discussion, we want to help the Ummah. We want to bring the help of Allah Ta'ala down to the Ummah. We must make Tawbah. While whatever other help we can provide, we must do. But this is the most crucial help. And it's helping ourselves, helping people around us, helping the Ummah at large, because this is what will draw down the help of Allah Ta'ala. So let us make sincere Tawbah, turn to Allah Ta'ala in all earnestness, beg Allah's forgiveness, 
and deeply from the heart, Tawbah, Istighfar. Inshallah, we will see how this will change conditions. Excessive Istighfar, deeply from the bottom of our hearts, and give up sin, give up sin. There's an abundance of sin, unfortunately, in our own lives, around us, in our communities, in the Ummah at large. Give up sin, this is the way that we will go positively forward. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala make us among the ta'ibin in reality. Allah Ta'ala send down His special rahmat on the ummah. Allah Ta'ala remove the difficulties and hardships throughout the world. Allah Ta'ala keep us all steadfast on Iman and Islam till our last breath and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله